Hey, thanks so much for choosing the Haven House of Revival Sermon of the Week. We pray that this sermon impacts your heart and inspires you to change your life and the world around you for God. Please enjoy the message. Good morning. It's been a couple of weeks since we've been here. We've, For those who don't know, we live in Red Deer. Um, just the Lord is... I loved when I went Friday night. I just want to thank Dwayne for that word. It, it just... Sometimes we need a change of perspective, eh? And I just feel, yeah, Jeff and I are just in a season of transition, and we're just trusting the Lord, and he's showing us, and he's a good father. And so because I know he's a good father, I know I can trust him. And so um, we just, uh, my son came and visited a couple of weeks ago. He lives in Kelowna, and so we stayed home so that he could come and see us because we miss him a whole lot. Yeah, we miss him a lot. And then last week, I went for a little trip with my two sisters and two cousins just to Florida for four days. It was a very quick trip for a long way, but you know what? There's nothing like being with family. And because we live here and all our family is pretty much in Ontario, it was, um, it was really good. A lot of laughs. Uh, a lot, it was just a yeah, refreshing time for me. So, but we miss you when we're not here, and we love you, and we pray for you um, continually while we, while we are gone. And, um, man, I just, I just feel the Father's affection uh, for you guys today. Uh, the Father really loves loves you a lot. And I know some of us struggle with believing that or even, um, yeah, recognizing that. But he loves you. And his heart for you is to be his son and his daughter. And to be sons and daughters, that's his heart. And so today as I speak, like I'm feeling like this is the first time I've ever spoken. I feel really like off. It's very strange. But I think it's just because it's really important what I'm going to speak and share today. And I've been thinking a lot about it. And a couple of weeks ago I was going to speak this, but the Lord actually had another plan for that service, which is just fine because he has preeminence in this place. I know we have our plans and our orders of services, and it's good to have those, but sometimes God wants to break through and in, and he did, and that was fine. And I, I shared a little bit that day of what um, I'm going to share this morning, but I walked away, and I was kind of like, hmm. I said to Jeff, I think I still need to really share that, what, what, what I was going to share that on Sunday that I didn't really get to. And then Justin, you know, texted couple days later and just said, are you still wanting to preach that or speak that? I said, yeah, I really do. And so it was for a later date, but this week was a little tough on Justin. And so he messaged me on Friday and was like, are you able to speak this? And we were driving and I'm like, thank God I brought my iPad. Because <laughs> I don't know, it would have been really interesting. But so I'm just going to grab my water bottle. Um, so yeah, I'm going to do it today. And yeah, I've been pondering and meditating on it for a while. 
about being a son and being a daughter. And so I just feel the Lord's affection on this this morning. And so as I speak, I'm just, you know, I'm, I'm, I, what I want is not this just to be another sermon where you just hear it and say, oh, that was great Sunday. And then we go away and we just live the same. Because the word of God is powerful and it's sharper than any double-edged sword. And it, it divides and it, 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 it comes and pierces those places in our heart if we allow it to where change needs to come. And I believe that today change needs to come to all of us. And so I'm just asking that you know, you allow it because you don't have to, right? God gives us free will and we can choose whether to allow Holy Spirit to speak to our hearts or not. God still loves you. The Father still loves you. He doesn't stop loving you. But I believe that he's calling us further, deeper, and higher. And so we need to um, be willing to allow Holy Spirit to show us areas in our life where there needs to be some change, some maturing, some growing, some shifting. So let's just pray together. If you would just want to put your hand on your heart and on your head. So God, I pray today as we look into your word that you would just reveal to us today your truth, your heart, your incredible, unconditional, overwhelming, unending unfathomable love for us and your heart for us to become sons and daughters. I pray that it wouldn't just come into our mind, but it would also come into our hearts and that you would open our hearts and our minds to receive what you have for us today. And if there are areas, Father, that we need to be matured in or we need to make that shift that you would show us today. And I thank you, God, for your spirit that brings correction and conviction, conviction to life. Yeah, and so we just thank you in your precious name. Amen. So we, we were doing a series on identity, and um, I've, I, I miss Justin's, and I'm hoping to be able to hear it soon. <laughs> Sorry. I just, when I'm not here, I like to, to listen because I... I yeah, I love the teaching here, and I want to make sure that I'm, I'm hearing what you're hearing on a Sunday. So um, I know that Justin spoke well on fathers. I guess you did, eh? Okay, so, so we're going to take a little bit of a back and go to sonship, and then he's, I think he's going to continue on the fathering and mothering thing. But um, identity is so important, isn't it? And how we see ourselves And so the first thing before I get into the son or, and daughter aspect of what I'm going to speak on, the most important thing is knowing that you have a new identity in Christ. Like some of us have been saved a really long time and you still don't know that you have a new identity in Christ. You're still stuck on who you were before you came to know Christ, Right? Well, I was that person, and that still kind of has like a, a pull on you somewhere, a hold on you somewhere, but you have a new identity in Christ. See, some of us, before we came to new, 
to know Christ, our world, our view of our identity is based on a worldview, right? So it's like media, society, family and loved ones define who you are. Your status, what you do, how you look, the things that have happened to you, the good and the bad, your life experiences, all of that kind of form your identity. But once you come to know Christ, that changes. That needs to change. And we now have a biblical worldview of our identity. See, 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, If anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. How many have heard that verse before? How many have that verse memorized? Come on. Do you really know what that means? Like, do you really know what that verse is saying? Yeah. So the word new, it means, it doesn't mean, like a lot of us, so this is what I was sitting as I was sitting meditating. I think a lot of us means when we read that verse is, I'm cleaned up. I'm a cleaned up version of myself. I've turned over a new leaf. I'm a better version of who I was now that I've come to know Christ. I've been reformed. I've been rehabilitated when I came to know Christ. And that's not what it means at all. In fact, what it means, it's the Greek word kainos. It means unprecedented. It means novel. It means uncommon. It means unheard of. It means that which has come into being was not previously present. So I want you to think about that for a minute. If anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Meaning that what exists, what you are now, has, was never existent before. Like it's novel. It's brand new. This is who you are. You have a new identity in Christ. And now what? What does that look like? I think this is where many miss it. I think we're just trying to live a better version of what we were before we came to know Christ. To do better, to try better, to try harder. And that's like, that's gone. Like it was like a wall came down and what you once were is now gone. Like it's gone. And it's on the other side of the wall, it's you. You're a brand new person. It's like, I got to discover who I am now. Who am I? And so number one, as I was going through this, is we're going to talk about when we come to know Christ, we're like a child. It's like you're starting over. You're brand new. Right? John 1, verse 12 says, But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Okay, the door is closed in the old. It's brand new. Who am I? I'm a child of God. I'm a child. All who believe and receive Jesus are children. You are a child of God. That is who you are. 
Say, I am a child of God. Hmm. And what do children look like? Like you see some, you see them up here on Sundays and and they're just playing and they're not really paying attention to what's happening. And children need guidance and they need direction. And they're like, they're starting at the beginning. They don't know anything. They're just new. They need um, per, um, supervision. They need guardians. They need teachers. Well, that's who we were when we came to know Christ. We were like those children, right? Feeding on milk. We just need to know the basics. The problem is, much of us have stayed as children. Many of us are still sitting on the floor playing with cars and dolls, and we've never matured into sons and daughters. And that's what the Father wants. He is looking for sons, and He is looking for daughters. Turn to Galatians 4, 1 to 7. We're going to read 1 to 6. We're going to read that this morning. Galatians 4, 1 to 6. It says, I mean that the heir, as long as he is a child, is no different from a slave, though he is the owner of everything. But he is under guardians and managers until the date set by his father. In the same way, we also, when we were children, were enslaved to the elementary principles of the world. But when the fullness of time had come, God sent his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law so that we might receive adoption as sons. And because you are sons, God has sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father. So as I said earlier, when we come to know Jesus as personal Savior, we become children, and we need to start at the beginning. We need to start at the ABCs, right? We lack experience. And that's what this verse is saying. We're too young to take on responsibilities. We are fed milk because we cannot eat solid food. But because we remain as children, we remain in childish behavior. And over and over and over again, we need to be taught the basics. And we never grow into our maturity as sons and daughters. There is a place for the basics, because we all need that. We all need that foundation, right? We all need a new beginner's class where you're learning, like, what does this mean? And for many of us, maybe we didn't even have that. And maybe some of us need to go back to the beginning and kind of learn those things, because it's hard to go from the ABCs, if we never learn the ABCs, into a full-blown language, and so maybe you need to get to the ABCs, but for many of us, we're still there. And we don't realize that actually God is, you know, though we are children, he's actually looking for sons and daughters. And so what does a son and daughter look like? 
First of all, as a son of Dar, you need to recognize that you've been adopted. It says in, in Galatians that we were adopted, and in Romans 8, I'm also going to turn to that. You don't have to, but you can if you like. I meant to have a little piece of paper here so I could do it. Sorry. Adoption means to place as a, in the, into the position of, our, of a son or daughter. Do you know that God has placed you into a position of a son and a daughter? He has adopted you. Holy Spirit has come and placed his seal on you and adopted you. Romans 8 says, For you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you received the spirit of adoption as sons by whom we cry, Abba, Father. So when we're placed as a son or daughter, that means all debts are canceled. All criminal charges are dropped. And we cannot be disinherited by our new father. We now have a new father. We now come into the family. We now have a, an inheritance. Each one of us have an inheritance. Each one of us. And it's so huge and vast, and it's actually not just for eternity. Most of us think, yeah, I know, I'm going to go to heaven. Yeah, but it's for here. And so many of us don't tap into the inheritance that we have here. Right? I love that story where the guy says, if, if, I, if you go into a bank, a bank vault with all millions of dollars and you come out with nothing, that's your own fault. And that's kind of like our inheritance with the Lord as a son or daughter. We have so much at our fingertips, so many things that he has given us so that we can live in this world and be in his kingdom. But we come out empty-handed. Whose fault is that? And the revelation of adoption, as you can see, it comes by Holy Spirit. Because Holy Spirit now has come into our hearts and allows us to cry, what? Abba, Father. See, too many of us are still like children who see God as somewhere way up there, so unrelatable and so far away. But sons know the Father. Sons and daughters have intimate relationship with the Father. And actually, sons and daughters begin to call him daddy. Because that's what Abba means. It's a, it's a, a term of endearment. It's an intimate term. I mean, Jesus used it when he was in the Garden of Gethsemane. And he was praying. It was like, Father, not my will, but Abba, daddy. And it was, it's that cry of that close, personal relationship with the Father, and so many of us have no idea what a close personal relationship with the Father is because our life is so compartmentalized. Like Sunday's what I do there, and I spend time with God there, and then I go home and I go to work, and I take the kids to sports, and I do this and I do that. And like there's no other, no other time where we even acknowledge that God and the Father exists. But that's not what he wants. He's wanting you to have an intimate relationship with him. He wants you to spend time with him and get to know him. We are not just sons and daughters when we come in here on Sundays. 
We're sons and daughters when we leave this place. You are a son and daughter in your home. You are a son and daughter at your workplace, at school. Wherever you are, you are to be a son and you are to be a daughter. Romans 8.14 says, For all who are led by the Spirit of God are the sons of God. Sons and daughters are led by Holy Spirit. I love today, the Lord was speaking to me and he said, sons and daughters recognize that I'm here. Like, I don't know if you recognize that Holy Spirit was here today. Because sons and daughters recognize he's here. And that they don't only recognize he's here, but they're led by him. They're obedient to him. So we need to begin to mature at, from a, being a child who's just playing childish things and childish behavior. And we need to begin to mature into sons and daughters and begin to behave like one. And that happens through intimate relationship with the Father. And that happens by recognizing and being led by Holy Spirit. I have a little chart in my, on my notes. I wish I could have put it up there, but that's okay. I'm just going to read a little bit. So I want you to, as I read what a child looks like and what a son looks like, I want you to think about your own life, right, in this. There's just a few things. A child is born. A son is given. A child enters the family. A son enjoys the family. A child is under guardians. A son enjoys the liberty of an adult. A child cannot inherit. A son is an heir to the father. A child has very little responsibility. A son is trusted with much. This is why the Lord is looking for sons and daughters. I love that verse in, in Romans 8. For the creation waits with eager longing for the revealing of the sons of God. <laughs> See, when you're a son, you begin to think differently. You begin to act differently. You begin to speak differently. You see things differently. You don't respond the same way. You don't take offenses the same way. You don't judge. You don't gossip. You don't, it, it's just how you live life is just like on a totally different level than when you were a child. You're more generous. Like it's just because you understand the Father's heart. You're led by the Spirit. This is just who you are. Children are very like, this is mine. It's mine, right? They don't want to share. But as sons, we, we understand that we don't need to worry about giving because the Father has so much. So I can never give away all that the Father has given me because it's just there's so much. It's abundance. 1 Corinthians 13.11 says, When I was a child, I spoke about childish matters. For I saw things like a child and reason like a child. But the day came when I matured and I set aside my childish ways. The day has come for us to set aside our childish ways and to mature 
into sons and daughters. I was, when I was coming home on the plane from uh, Florida, I, had, I downloaded the uh, Chosen on my iPad, so I was watching. It was the scene where Jesus was uh, doing the um, Sermon on the Mount. And as I was, like, listening to it, and as, as they were, like, he was going through it, I'm like, that's a son, that's a daughter. Like, if you want to really b- make it very simple, just go and read the Sermon on the Mount and how Jesus asks us to live. That's a son and a daughter. Because, see, that revolutionized the world at that time. They were like, what is this? I've never heard anything like this. This is why creation is longing for sons and daughters like that, where they're like, what is this? Who are you? I've been looking for you. (laughs) So that's one thing. We need to mature. And then the second thing that some of us need to do here today is we need to shift from being a slave to a son. If we go back to Galatians 4, verse 7, it says, So you are no longer a slave, but a son. And if a son, then an heir through God. Then we're going to go down in Galatians. If you've got Galatians open, we're going to go down to verse 21. It says, Tell me, you who desire to be under the law, do you not listen to the law? For it is written that Abraham had two sons, one by a slave woman and one by a free woman. But the son of the slave was born according to the flesh, while the son of the free woman was born through promise. And verse 28, now you, bro- now you brothers, like Isaac, are children of promise, But just as at that time he who was born according to the flesh persecuted him who was born according to the Spirit, so also it is now. But what does the Scripture say? Cast out the slave woman and her son. For the son of the slave woman shall not inherit with the son of the free woman. So, brothers, we are not children of the slave, but of the free woman. And some of you are like, woo, that's a lot. (laughs) When I first read that, I was like, wow. But let's look at it really quick here. The Christians in Galatians wanted to grow and go forward in Christ, which I believe many of us do. Many of us have a desire. A lot of us come and we don't say, I want to be a child. Like, we just don't say that. Or, I want to be a slave. Like, none of us think that in our minds, right? And so they wanted to grow and go forward in Christ, but they're going about it the wrong way. And so it is with many of us. We're trying to grow in Christ based on our efforts, right? I'm going to read the Bible in one year. Tick, 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 tick. I'm going to pray every day. I'm going to go to church every Sunday. I'm going to give. I'm going to tithe. And those things aren't bad. But... A lot of us believe that it's in those things that we gain more favor with Christ. That God loves us more. That we become better in the eyes of our Father. That then he will bless us more if we do. And if we don't do those things, then we're actually going backwards. And it becomes all about our performance. See, legalism gives the appearance of spiritual maturity. 
But in reality, you're still feeding on spiritual milk. So you can have the law and religious duty as a way of your life, or you can have Jesus, but you can't have both. And that's what Paul's like, why would anyone want to be under the law or religion? Like, that's what Paul's saying. It's like, have you read the law? That's what he's saying to the Galatians. But why would any of us want to be under the law? Well, you always have the certainty of rules to keep. How many love lists? Because I do. I like to be just told, bump, 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 right? I don't you can compliment yourself because it's you who've done all the work. Look what I did. Look what I've done. And I do it better than you because <laughs> I get to speak up here on Sunday and you don't. Right? Some of you are like, I'm so, I want to be up there, so it's okay. And you can take credit for your own salvation then, right? I've done it. And Paul, you know, when he, he's going to illustrate this a little bit further, and he goes to the story of Ishmael and Isaac in the Old Testament to show you that law and grace cannot coexist. You cannot live as a slave, and you cannot live as a son at the same time. Abraham was promised by God that he would be the father of many nations. You, got, meant, you know the story, and that his offspring would be as numerous as the stars. The problem is Abraham and Sarah were like really old, and it was like there is no way. And so they thought they would help God out a bit in his promise. And so they, Sarah brought her maidservant Hagar to Abraham, and Ishmael was born. Ishmael was born out of self-reliance, not Holy Spirit reliance. Ishmael was born out of works. He was not born out of grace and faith. He was born out of relying on their own power and wisdom to fulfill God's promises. They stopped relying on God's power. See, flesh can't lay a hold of God's promises. It's only by faith. All of God's promises are yes and amen, and yes, they are. And some, we just need to lay hold of those promises by faith. Some of us can't believe it because we haven't seen it, and so we just believe it's not true, but it's by faith that we're going to believe in the promises of God, even if we're not seeing it yet, right? Sons understand that even though he's not answering your prayers, he is still hearing and so he's going to be lifted high in living out our faith walk, even in unanswered prayer. That's what the Lord spoke to me when Justin was talking. You were up here, you know, pr praying, and it's okay to do that. I'm not saying what we did was wrong. But as sons and daughters, we need to come into the mature understanding that God hears your prayers, and he is lifted high when we decide to continue to believe in faith who he is and who we are, even in unanswered prayer. So important. That's a son. That's a daughter. That's who creation is longing for. There's a lot of Christians who have just walked away, walked away from Jesus, and they see it. The world sees it. They're watching us. They're looking for sons and daughters. And Sarah did have a son. It was Isaac. And Sarah was around 90, and Abraham was around 100 when that baby was born. Isaac was born under impossible conditions. He was born supernaturally. 
And he's the picture of allowing God to do the work through us by faith. He does the work. He brings it to pass. He receives the glory. And we, as believers, like Isaac, we've been born supernaturally into the family of God. We are part of Abraham's offspring. And we are to live as children of promise. And when we begin to live as children of promise, we will be persecuted. It says that in here in verse 29. Just as at that time he who was born according to the flesh persecuted him who, who was born according to the spirit, so also it is now. Legalists will persecute those who live in liberty. They can't get it. Like that's the fear of a lot of the church, that if we allow freedom, that it's just going to go rampant <laughs> and the church is going to go to hell. Right? That's a lot of fear of those who live in legalism. Like if we just let people do what they want to do, it's going to go crazy. And they don't understand what it means to live under grace and to live as a son or daughter. There is freedom. Your slave mindset will always be against you being led by the Spirit. Legalism quenches any work of Holy Spirit. So I have another little chart. <laughs> Sorry, you don't see it, but I'm going to read it. I just want you to think in your mind as I'm reading what a slave looks like compared to what a son looks like. Where do you fall in that? Okay? A slave is always under an authority that controls their lives. This doesn't have to be a person. This can be a mindset. This can be an emotion. This can be a belief. That can be an authority. This could be... a your past, your trauma, right? That, okay, so when I say that, I want you to think. Any, you're always under that authority. A son are builders, and they live in their inheritance. Slaves act immaturely. I've seen a lot of slaves in the church. Sons are mature. It gets hard to be mature sometimes. <laughs> I just want to throw that out. I don't know if any of you struggle with that. Uh, slaves labor to gain favor. Sons co-labor with the father because they already have his approval. It's the thing with, with as a son or as a daughter, you need to know you already have his approval. You don't need to do anything to gain it. You already belong. You're in. Now we just live from that place, right? Slaves are needs-driven and scarcity-oriented. There's never enough. There's never enough. I need to hoard. There's never enough. Where sons are spirit-led and abundance-oriented. Slaves pay off their debts with no hopes of increase. Sounds like Canada. <laughs> right? <laughs> But slaves invest by sowing into their inheritance. Sorry, sons. Thank you. Sons invest by sowing into their inheritance. We know that our, it's not a man who's going to provide for us. It is God, right? He alone is our source. This government doesn't even, we got rid of who we got. It's still, they're not our savior. He is. 
Slaves work for their master. Sons live in ownership. Slaves live in, live in separation consciousness from their father. Sons live in union with their father. So, slaves have no legal rights. They're treated like property. Slaves, sons have legal rights, and they're treated as beloved. Their slave's identity is rooted in fear. Sons, their identity is rooted in love. Perfect love casts out all fear. Slaves must compete with other slaves. Sons are not threatened by others because their standing is by birthright. I could go on and on, but I'm not. That just gives you some idea. I don't know if you recognize yourself in one or two places, or maybe you're a little bit here and a little bit there, right? I think we all can. So what do we do with this slave mindset? Verse 30 tells us to cast out the slave woman and her son. That means do it now, don't delay, get rid when you invite Hagar and Ishmael to live with Sarah and Isaac, you're inviting trouble. It did not work. And to move from mindset of slavery to sonship requires faith. So I want you to know you don't have to do anything to move from slave to son. All you need to do is believe. It's the biggest thing. By faith, I am a son. I am no longer under a slave mindset. I no longer have to do to be loved. I am and I'm loved. To belong, I am, I do belong. I have giftings. I am able. I am loved. Faith appropriates, appropriates what is already ours in Jesus. And so we all have a choice. We have a choice to live as a slave, and we have a choice to live as a son. Slaves have no relationship with the father, and they have no relationship with the family. Only by faith do we enjoy these relationships. Even though positionally they are ours, we don't enjoy them unless we're willing to do so by faith. And so I say to you today, what are you choosing? I'm just going to invite Sarah, are you just playing till the end? I just want you to just think about those things that I talked about today. Again, is it time to mature? Is it time to mature? <laughs> is it time to put away the childish ways, the childish behavior? And to mature into a son. And it's time to choose today that I'm no longer going to live in that performance mentality, but I'm going to live in the presence. If you find yourself doing anything out of guilt, you're a slave. Because there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Right? And a lot of us do things out of guilt. Well, I should. Well, I should. 
a son says, I want. I want to. Like, I want to come to church on Sunday because I just want to worship him. Right? I want to read my word because I want to know him more. Like, I want to pray because I just love talking to him. And I love when he talks to me. Like, I just want to tell others about him and be kind to other people because he is so kind to me. You know, we need to be sons and daughters who are infiltrating this whole city. Wherever you go, you're just, you're different, right? God's calling you to be different. He wants people to take notice of you. When you go to your workplace, you're the best worker there. Like, you're, you're there on time. You work hard. You may not even say the name of Jesus the whole eight hours you're there, but you are, you are representing him, and there's something different about you. You don't join in the gossip that's going around the workplace. You don't put others down. You don't put the boss down. You work hard. Like, that's a son and a daughter. We don't have to make it all spiritual. <laughs> Sometimes we like to spiritualize it, but it's just being you know that person that people are like, there's something different. Why are you like that? It's because yeah. I'm a son. I'm a daughter. I'm doing this because I love God. And I want to represent him well. And I know he loves me. And even when I mess up, he still loves me. Yeah. I go back to what I said when I started. The Father has such an affection for you. He just loves you so much. And if you choose to stay as a child, he still loves you just as much. And if you choose to stay as a slave, he loves you just as much, but he wants so much more for you, right? And he wants to give you responsibility, and he's looking for sons and daughters that he can give responsibility to in this hour. Because there's work to be done. And so he's looking for responsible sons and daughters that he can, he can trust. Right? We can't tell our children secrets a lot of times, right? Because they'll go and they'll, because they don't know. They go and tell everybody and they don't know that. Hmm. But the Lord is looking for sons and daughters that he can share his secrets with, right? And so I don't know where you fall in there. And maybe you already know who you are as a son or daughter. And I say, that's great. Let's keep going. Let's get out there. Let's, as sons and daughters, let's continue to walk in our identity. Let's continue to mature, right? Let's, don't be content where you're at, son and daughter. Keep growing. Keep maturing. Okay? But for those who are children and those who are slaves, Today, let's by faith, even if you don't feel it, because it's not based on feeling, it's based on truth. Let's begin to call ourselves who we are. I'm a daughter. I'm a son. I'm a daughter. I'm a son. I know you love me. I'm going to walk in that. Holy Spirit, help me to walk in it. Remind me every day. Every day you may need to get up. I'm a son. I'm a daughter. I am loved. I am gifted. He has a job for me to do. I'm going to do it as a son and as a daughter. Because I love him. 
And so I thank you, Father. I thank you for speaking to us today. I thank you by faith today we're going to take the truth and we're going to walk out of here with our heads held high as sons and daughters. I thank you today we're going to realize that we have a new identity in you and that no matter what's been in the past, it no longer defines who I am today. I'm not going to allow that. It's gone. That wall has come down. Boom. My identity is found in you alone, not in what others say. Doesn't matter what others say about you, how they want to continue to pull you back, how the enemy wants to continue to pull you back. Uh uh-uh, uh, not going there. I'm a son, I'm a daughter. I know who I am. I'm not who, who you say I am. I'm who, I'm who he says I am. So I just commission you today as sons and daughters go forth. Go forth, sons and daughters. Rise up, sons and daughters. Let's go out. Let's go out into this city who's desperately looking for something. A lot of stuff going on, a lot of fear, right? A lot of deception. Let's go out, sons and daughters. Let's represent our Father. Amen? Yeah, amen and amen.